This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hi, it's Marty from the Accelerator team, and this week I'm here with Jack again. Hi, Jack. Hello, you all right? I'm super. Excellent. What are we talking about this week, sir? We're talking about right-sizing. Okay, so most people have probably only heard sizing following down. Or up. Uh, people don't normally upsize, the scale up. Scale up sounds better. So people know what growing, expanding the team is, expanding the business. They know what downsizing means, normally. Mm-hmm. Right-sizing is presumably not necessarily about movement in size, it's about putting the right people in. Is that a simple way? Well, it's, it is It is actually about sizes in terms of like trying to work out what the appropriate size of the business is based on your current resources. So if we think about what's happened over the past three or four years, we've had a pandemic. That's had a massive effect on the labour market. Some people... Supply chains for materials yeah. and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. We had the great resignation, quiet quitting. People left their jobs to do things that they found more purposeful. So as a result, that puts a lot of constraint on businesses in terms of their workforces, and particularly when you're dealing in services like like we do, for example. Yeah. Like your people are your kind of your main resource. So it's this whole concept of going well, right? I need to start thinking about the work that I can actually deliver to the necessary standards. So maybe I need to start looking kind of not just at expanding on the supply side, looking at how I can build my workforce. That's proving very difficult for some people. So actually they're looking on the other side and going like, well, what customers, what customers do I have and which customers do I need to keep happy? Where is my growth going to come from? Am I just going to continue to pick up work like, like, like I used to previously that I'll take on any old piece of work just to get the, the money through the door or get the turnover on the top line. They're actually, people are starting to think, well, actually what work do I want to bring in? Like, so, so that sounds like being more selective to, on, on the work you want. Mm-hmm. You can do that while still growing all doubt. Like, what, what makes a difference? Because you, you said it's, you know, you look back to the resource you have. So what does that mean? Just to people who might think, like me, what the hell's he talking about? <laughs> like I, me. I, I've got an idea, but mm-hmm. I presume what you mean is if you've got a you know, factory with six workstations in, well, yeah. what maximizing what you do with those six workstations. Exactly. So Because what... if you need seven, well, it's a new factory. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you might go there, but meanwhile, make sure the six are working to their peak. Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, and in that, in that example there, it's looking at, well, what, what products are we making right now and which of those are the most profitable for us to be working on right now, rather than spending a load of time and resource on materials and, and labor just to get something which has a margin of a couple of pennies. Yeah. Actually, well, actually, if we build this one, it'll take a little bit longer, but actually our margins will be much higher, so we have to make less of it, and therefore we need less material. So it's not just about the size of people, with it, the, the number of people and the size of the team. No. It, the, 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 it's actually a much broader topic, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Which explains partly why we've still got quite a bit to say on the topic. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. Rather that, than we're done. That's yeah. everything I've got to say on it. <laughs> so, so quite interestingly then, you talk, you know, it, it, sounds like you're immediately talking about productivity rates or is the resource you have being employed successfully mm-hmm. in, a, in a productive way but also you know is the job the right job at the right price 
should mm-hmm. we be saying no? Like, there's, there's there's quite a lot of areas here. So where where, where do we start on this then? Well, so, I, so someone feels like they're slumming their guts out. They, they can't expand. They don't want to let people go. Perfect candidates, presumably, for this kind of totally, thinking. yeah, yeah. So where where do they start? I, I would start to look kind of internally within the team and and starting to think about like in terms of. I think you've touched on their productivity, kind of their waste, like what are they spending their times on? And that's, there's obviously going to be an element where people aren't going to be productive. That's perfectly acceptable. I don't think you could ever get to 100% productivity because otherwise you'd be a monster. And be, With robots working for you, which, yeah, yeah. That's just not the case. So it's a case of looking at them and going, well, this is how much time they have, you know, as part of their work, their work, working week. So what are they actually spending their time on? and like looking at potential areas of waste and that's down to elements of where you're not being as efficient as you can be but it's also actually looking at well actually the work that they're working on the work that they do for that customer actually that's not profitable work so why are we doing that work why are we prioritizing that work over because they might be doing it really efficiently mm-hmm. but it's just the wrong price yeah because to be fair in a, in a globalized market sometimes you can't do anything about that the cost of labour plus premises in the UK is higher than it is in some other countries. Yeah. And you can't, you can't solve that. So you've either got to differentiate on product or not do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this other fantastic thing called inflation as well, where like a, a customer may not expect a price by even though we're dealing in double digit inflation at the moment. <laughs> but I don't know, there always seems to be this kind of trade off between like the owners against the workers where it's like the owners are always go well they're not working hard enough yeah. whilst the workers are like well you're not charging them enough so when it, and there's this dichotomy so it's a case of like well how do we look at both sides of those instead things? of working together to get yeah. more money off the customer mm-hmm. through better I don't mean profiteering off leasing no better product better pro- it tracks mm-hmm. a better price doesn't it we can deliver a super, supremely efficient and you know quality product you can bring in a higher price because, I mean, I think most of our listeners, business owners, have been in the position, especially when you first started, as a case of, like, a, a potential job comes up and you're going, like, yep, I'll take it, and you'll price it. And it's kind of when you get to that secondary stage where you're, you're growing a bit more and you've still got that client who still expects you to charge them the same amount, and you're kind of reticent to be like, well, I should reprice it, but I know I can't. I'm sure we can find other ways internally of making this profitable. At some points, you've just got to go... <laughs> It's not profitable. I've got to have that difficult conversation with that customer and go, I'm sorry, it's actually, well, if I'd spoke to you four years ago, it would have only been a 10% price rise, but actually I'm now doubling your price. Because you've had no mm. price increase for years, because mm. in the early days, you're afraid that you're going to lose that contribution towards overheads. Exactly. You might yeah. not be making any profit on it, but at least it pays for the lads' bands for a couple of days. Or yeah. yeah. It's, it's any, any cash will do at that point. So it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to think more smartly about the work that you do, essentially. So you look at the work you're doing. What other options have you got then? So that the so, internal, as I said, the... Inter- so, so we talked about price there, really, probably more the types of work you do. Yeah. Do, do you think people have that breakdown of, well, if we sell one of them, this is what we make? Mm-hmm. I know they'll know what they charge, but do you think businesses are... are, are Kind of sophisticated enough to know per product per service what they actually make probably not no and particularly when supply chains have been so difficult where material prices are increasing so much like changing people, daily for some so people two years ago saying well it, although it cost me like 20 quid to make this you go well actually 
Yeah, it's, actually 40, it's actually 40 quid. Yeah. So that 50% margin you think you're making, actually, it's not that high. Yeah. So it's a case of, yeah, just really understanding your costings um, to, and really understanding the numbers. We always come back to that, don't yeah. we? Kind of, kind of mention it at least. Yeah, it's boring, actually, but yeah, we do always see it. We should get some merch with it written on. Yeah, yeah. We might just get some T-shirts and caps to yeah. make the numbers. <laughs> um, you, you touched earlier then, Jack, about being more productive, and I'm pretty sure we did a, an episode on the seven wastes. Yes. Is it, is it worth just going over quickly? I'm not going to challenge you, I'll name the seven wastes. All seven but, of them. You know, there are seven pretty established wastes. Mm -hmm. Some people think there's eight, but just go over the seven wastes, you'll be yep. all right. Um, and it, it, that, that, that's a simple way to start and try to work out whether your team are actually productive and efficient, isn't it? Yeah, so there's, there's, I mean, there's so much literature out there at the moment about the seven wastes. It's a, a concept developed by Toyota that they've used for, for donkey's years. And yeah, it's basically, it gives you seven examples where, you know, both within production or like a service-based industry where you might have some waste. And it, it largely comes down to those, those seven concepts and there's kind of stuff like overproduction and inappropriate Waiting processing. Times, yeah. Transport, how many times do you move a job around? Yeah. Yeah. And... People may like listen, especially in services, and go, "Well, that doesn't happen." You know, like well, we don't transport a product. What are you talking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we mean how many times do you pass a job around? So, yeah, so yeah. you know, in accountancy, a simple example is you know, senior produces a job with the help of juniors. They pass it to manager for review. Manager reviews, passes it back. Mm -hmm. It goes back, gets reviewed, passed back, and it can sometimes yeah. go up and down between these chains like two and three lines. Yeah, that's completely inefficient. So, you know, you need to put the training in to get it so it goes through the system, these steps once. Yeah. yeah, similarly, you don't want it to go, the director to pick up the job, prepare it, put all of that time onto the job. Because that's the, over production. Yeah. You've got, you, you, you commit an expensive resource to do a, I mean, I'll say a cheap job, but I mm -hmm. don't mean cheap, I mean a, a, a low cost production job. Exactly, so yeah. It, it's quite easy to gain one of these seven wastes and, and eliminate it entirely, but you mm -hmm. normally bring other waste in if you do that. Yeah, but it's actually quite a simple idea once you once you get into it, mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's loads of um, examples out there. Seven wastes in a manufacturing in a service line, and, you know, in a retail. There's loads of examples, isn't there? Yeah, but definitely. We've also got a cool video on it, which you should watch. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start mm -hmm. it. <laughs> so we're, we're we're using the seven wastes to eliminate waste. We're we're looking at the profitability per job. Is there anything we need to expand on then? Because someone might go, well, I, I, you know, I know the metal's 40 quid, but yeah, but how long does it take? It, it might tie up an oven in a machine shop for eight hours. What's that cost to run? Mm -hmm. You've got like, what, what are the common mistakes people work when they're trying to look at the price or the profit and, on a job? And I suppose people also forget about cash flow in this whole thing as well, because although you break it down to cost per item, it's like, well, you don't buy it per unit. You, for that example there you don't buy a single piece of sheet metal that's that big yeah you buy a big piece of sheet metal yeah but you obviously you don't pay and for it sits use. in a cupboard for yeah. three months until it's used etc yeah all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. all comes into it doesn't it yeah so they're all there you go like well I'm, I'm i'm making my margin that i say i am but why have i not got money in the bank is because you've spent most like a load of a load of cash tied up in yeah. stock right now and touching back on the waste there you know you might get 500 of them out of one sheet mm -hmm. but do you actually get 500 yeah you say you do do you sell yeah. as many you know, like mm -hmm. is there a correlation between the sales and because yeah. that might be a waste yeah oh because the the guys the guys the yeah. guys on the shop floor are just cutting them out the middle 
and just throw it away three quarters of it. Or, I'm not suggesting your team are doing this, no. but, um, but I've had plenty of examples in the past where, <laughs> where business owners have called by the factory and found their lads working, like, what he's doing? And they were making their own stuff <laughs> that they were fiddle, they were fiddling and selling their own signs, but they were using the you know the business owners' factory and, and oh, materials, very machinery. <laughs> so they were obviously a lot more profitable on the stuff they were doing on the fiddle because mm -hmm. <laughs> they had no costs. Um, but again, inventory management. Not there's a hundred things you can do, but is is it worth saying then, Jack, that if you're going to right size, you need to make sure you've got the metrics of all of the things that you're trying to. Yeah, and, and first. having the data behind it is just so so important. And yeah, being able to to measure stuff, you know, on a regular basis and have baselines and benchmarks that you can kind of look at. Is there a danger that people won't start the right size and exercise because they think they need to spend four months mm -hmm. measuring stuff? Though no, because I think another part of right sizing, uh, which we need to touch on, is that it's very tied to purpose. So right sizing also has a lot. Is an also an opportunity to go well actually what do i actually want to do with with this business so like, it's not just about purely the profitable job mm -hmm. produced efficiently it's do i even want to be doing that thing at all yeah which is an, actually, yeah, actually i really want to this yet, i really want to do this stuff instead yeah like again like with the import like a lot of social conscience around the environment and stuff it's like well actually what this stuff is i, I don't like making bombs and oil <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. want to make something else yeah. yeah i don't want to be marketing cigarettes to kids anymore <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of money on it but maybe mm -hmm. i shouldn't do it yeah exactly yeah so so that brings in a different challenge then then isn't it because in my example of the you know the, the little factory was six units six production tables or whatever you want to call it you might find that you'll lose some of your team then if you kind of go, well, we're not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. it, but also, so what I was going to say there is you need to make sure you're making these decisions as a collective, don't you? But then all of mm -hmm. this should be done as a collective, shouldn't it? Because yeah, definitely. the person who carries the sheet metal through might have a really good idea. But mm -hmm. if you're not asking them, you're, you're not, you're not, that's a resource. Totally, again. From the shop floor, you're just, you're not, you're not gathering, isn't it? Totally, because again, like going back to trying to understand, you know, how best to use the chargeable time that's at your disposal, like you need to speak to your team about that because it's like, well, yeah, I spent some time on this, but actually I really don't like doing it. It's really demotivating and I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. And then if you're going, well, funny you should mention that because we don't make any money off it. And then it's just like, well, what, what, what are you guys business, doing? Because a lot of businesses kind of go, that's great, but can you do more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, well, well, I can't. Physically, I can, but I'm yeah. not going to put my heart into it. Yeah. No, totally. And it's just a, a really interesting opportunity to kind of refresh on like what you know, what what you feel like will make the most difference and what will provide more satisfaction to you and your wider team. What's the importance of getting this right, and Jack? And you know, in my again, my little example. Well, it saves them finding new premises. Mm -hmm. But you know. What are the other advantages of just getting this right? What, 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 what can happen if you don't get this right, I suppose? Well, it, again, I suppose coming back to the first point is that like there's been so much struggle on the labour like, labor side of things to actually get the right people in is that you suddenly have all this work you're expected to do and produce and you're not being able to do it. So you're going to upset your customers. Customers are going to leave. Yeah. So, and again, at least when you're right size and you have the choice about which customers you let go of. but if you might suddenly upset your favourite customer because you're not being able to produce the work for them. 
Yeah, because that's the thing. It, it, this isn't a zero-sum game, is it, where you say, oh, if I right-size, I've got to say goodbye to some customers. Mm -hmm. Yes, but if you don't get this right, you mm -hmm. will still say goodbye, but not on your terms. No. You might lose the wrong mm -hmm. customer. You might lose the one you actually yeah. want to do. And best-case scenario when you are right-sizing is that you, you put a silly price in front of them and go, well, this is what it's going to cost you in order to continue using us, and they go, yeah, fine. So suddenly that piece of work suddenly becomes a bit more manageable because you're actually getting paid what it's, what it's worth. I had a case, there was a client recently told me we're having this kind of discussion and they said, um, really nervous and apprehensive about approaching someone and said, you know, we're going to have to do this. And they kind of went, yeah, be waiting for it. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, can't, I can't remember, and I don't want to misquote the, the, the business owner, but I'm pretty sure they said, oh, we need to put your price up like 80%. And he went, well, we'll double it. Because to be honest, 80% like on is still cheap. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, was quite, it was quite interesting because they were blown away. <clears throat> it's like a mixed, mixed emotions, blown away that it had worked, that they were going to get more mm -hmm. than they even thought. But instantly it sets in that, that they've lost that money over the recent years. They've just, yeah. They've just, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, well, if you go from, you know, 100 quid to 200 quid, which mm -hmm. happened, it's like, ah, well, last year should have been 180, the year before should have been 161. Yeah. I've missed all of those incremental increases mm -hmm. for the last five years. Yeah. Which has got to be a bit bittersweet, isn't it? Well, it, and again, it comes back to um, tying everything back to like self-sabotage, and that's one of the big saboteurs out there is the avoider, yeah. where you will literally avoid doing something you don't want to do up until the point where that thing becomes even more inconvenienced by something else. Yeah. Cash so, flow means yeah. you must now do it. Oh, well, mm -hmm. well, you know. And then again, like... Which, which ironically, yeah, sorry, Jack, sorry, but that, the person I'm talking about there, they haven't necessarily learned that lesson, have they? No. It's just that something else was more important. Mm -hmm. There's every chance they won't put that job price up next year or yeah. review the price, not necessarily put it up, but there's every chance they haven't learned that lesson. No, it just became... And they're not going to put it up next year. Something bigger that something bigger that they needed to avoid came up yeah. instead. So there's probably a high statistical chance that I'll do exactly the same for the next five years because mm -hmm. now it looks like they're profitable again and making a bit of money. Yeah, and it'll just slowly ever wake. Yeah, the next it'll, five it'll, years just, it'll drop down again and then it'll, it'll happen again and, and they'll, they'll do it again. That, and panic the, only, the only downside is potentially they might not. <laughs> the customer might walk away at that point because they'll be like, no. Yeah. So what? So. Uh, you could lose the customer anyway. I presume cash flow is just going to get stifled because you're not mm -hmm. making the profit on the job. When you, yeah. And you're tying, as I said, you're tying up a lot of resources in kind of your working capital, like your, your work in progress, your inventory and stuff for, for work. And if, you're not, and if you're not getting through that work quick enough to converting it into invoices that get paid yeah. by your customers, like then you, yeah, you, get, you, kind of, you really do run out of cash at some point. And even if you don't, somehow, again, a lot of business owners, this is observed and admitted by a lot of business owners, I think. So we observe it, but we also mm -hmm. have a lot of business owners admit this is the case. What you end up is the business mm -hmm. owner can often be making less money than some of their team. Yeah. Which I'm sure the, you know, the socialists say, they go, yeah, too right as well. <laughs> but, you know, someone had to pay for the factory, put all the machines there and come up with the idea. Mm -hmm. um, but also... They work longer hours as well. 
Yeah, they're working I mean, you know, eighty-hour weeks. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, classically, in um, going back a while now, but we we had a client where there was a firm of solicitors, where the four or five, I think it was, partners in the business were making less than their PAs. Mm-hmm. This is the years post two thousand and eight. You know, housing crisis, insurance costs spiraled for solicitors. Mm-hmm. They were making less than their PAs. And I was like, why have you all got a PA? Then well, we've got to have a PA. Like, <laughs> you, you know, like. You know, you know, haven't got no work. Yeah, you're making less than the people who work for you. You know. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's the ultimate disaster, isn't it? The business owner gets so exhausted with working without reward. Yeah. That they just either their health gives in or or they pack it in. Yeah, exactly. Which again is you know, like surely nobody wants to be there. Yeah, they've got. <laughs> they're like, well, I've got none of the benefits of having my own business. Not getting paid as much as I'd like to, so I'll just become an employee. I've got the freedom, the time, yeah. or the money. I've got uh, uh, more stress, less yeah. money, less time. Yeah. Like yeah, nobody goes into business for that. Though. No, exactly not. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting point that that yeah, you get to a point where you're just like, well, why, why am I even doing this? But again, by thinking about right sizing the business, it's like it's ultimately to fit around the business owner's ambitions and goals. Right size, it might be to the point where actually I want to start thinking about retiring. So I need to start actually thinking offloading some of this like big bits of work which I can't yeah. do anymore. Cause so you touch a good point. Sorry, Jack, you've made me think there though as well. Mm-hmm. When we talk about right size, and that might mean you get rid of a service line, you stop a product. Yeah. You haven't got to just stop though. There may be value in that. Yeah. The product that you can't deliver efficiently may just be that you're not set up to do it mm-hmm. and the cost of setting up to do it is too high. Yeah. But, you know, the factory around the corner might love that work. Well, just yeah. sell them your contact, your contract. So, you know. Sell them your customer book. Yeah. Sell them the customer book. Just say, mm-hmm. well, do you want all of that work? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're saying goodbye to everything. You, you might get a one-off pay on the way out, mightn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we've, we've talked about it in terms of, like, outsourcing as well. Like, like we'll still... Ultimately, we'll still take the money for that work, but actually, just take it's gonna, a cut yeah, without any of the stress of the production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but actually, yeah, we'll outsource the production, we'll outsource the service to somebody else. Which again sounds mercenary, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not. It, it, your businesses only exist to provide, yeah, you know, peace of mind and sanity. I think actually, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've got to have something to do that where you feel rewarded for your effort. Um, but you know, you're keeping people in a job, and you. Yeah, I mean, making a bit of money along the way, you know, it's not 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 a sin, is it? Yeah, I mean, you can give an example of like you know an elder elderly partnership or something where one of them's ten years older than the other. He's thinking about retiring. The other guy wants to keep on going for another five years. Yeah, doesn't want to spend a load of time training up on something that the partner used to do. So let's just get someone else in, like on a kind of an outsource basis to you know pick up all of that bits of work that he was doing. Meanwhile, I can focus on the stuff I want to do. Yeah. But, and I've, therefore I've right-sized the business to where I want to be so that in five years' time I can just go. That could work in reverse as well, couldn't it? You, mm-hmm. Because you, know, you might have these six stations, one of them is not productive at the moment. It's not that the, that the person is good, they're, they're the right skill, it's just you haven't mm-hmm. got enough work. It's also nothing to stop you going out and buying in some of that work, is there? Yeah, you can go On the flip side, you may go, well, I've got capacity to do more, but I can't win it. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, you can buy work. Yeah. You might be able to approach someone and go can I do your work and if you're the expert of that you might be able to do it mm-hmm. and make more profit than they can even though they're adding a the markup on it 
yeah, and there's, I mean, there's examples that I've dealt with clients that kind of have done some some work on like fulfillment, for example, like they've started off by renting renting out some of their space to a to um, someone within the industry, and then they their business has grown, and they've kind of went, well, if your business is growing, like you need help packing these orders, so how about we can use we'll, we'll we do can what. already pack orders, so we mm-hmm. pack your orders as well. Yeah, right. So okay. And that's just the case of like, it's a win-win. Like, so suddenly they need to rent more space. They're also getting another revenue line, and it's not costing them a huge amount in terms of effort because the people that were there were they're already, already sourcing all the product and mm-hmm. putting the effort into selling it. Yeah, and the people that are there doing the packing are already there anyway. So that's actually a good example of something that might have came out of a waste. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got empty space. What can yeah. we do with that empty space? Which is another version of what I was saying. We've got an we've got a we've got a workstation not producing. What, mm-hmm. what, what can we do with that empty yeah. space? Is just another waste, isn't it? Exactly. Or well, we need another person, but we haven't got five days' work for them. Well, you might get a part-time person, but depending on the role, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you need to find another way to fill them up. Doing some other, mm-hmm. yeah. Reach out to your competitors, see what they're up to, see if you can help them, see if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. What's the what's the, what's the single thing that people keep getting wrong on this then, Jack? If you if you could come up with a ah, they're doing that right. Okay then. Like, what's what's the thing that people keep getting wrong? I suppose it's just the the focus on the top line. Always Both at all costs. At all costs, yeah. I was going to say, can I offer you one when you finish? <laughs> but yeah, it's like, oh well, I'm in trouble. I better grow. I need mm-hmm. to get more work. Yeah, and that's anything just will not, do. Not always the case, is it? No. So it's, it's, don't get me wrong, we're not saying like growth's a bad thing and should be avoided at all costs. Sustainable, profitable growth is, yeah. is, is what you want though, isn't mm-hmm. it? And if, it means that sometimes you've got to look, not just look at what the work's coming, what work you bring in going forward, but also like what's, what work have I currently working on at the moment and yeah. the, the relationship I have with my customers right now, like do I need to readdress some of these relationships? Yeah. And then it's a case of then looking internally at like, how you're developing your stuff? How are you recruiting your stuff? What's your staff retention like? What, what training are your staff getting? Mm-hmm. Are they keeping up to date? Because they might be inefficient because they've had no training for the last ten years. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I used to say this with, with, with when we would see a client. I'll say, "How do you do your books and records? How long have you done that for?" Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they say. If they've done it the same way for the last five years. They're definitely not doing it the best way now. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's an industry that changes so much so quickly. Yeah, yeah. You can almost no. say that about any industry now. You've always mm. done it that way. How long? Oh, twenty years. There's your problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. that could be got the this, problem. I've got this very fancy ledger book. <laughs> Unless you're thatching roofs or something like that, <laughs> which uh, you know, pretty much everything else has changed dramatically, hasn't it? Yes, that's, that's very fair to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, Jack. Let's right size away. I could do with some right sizing because I'm not buying yeah. a whole new outfit. <laughs> you know, I'm not buying a whole new wardrobe of clothes. I need to right size myself into my clothes, I think. But yeah. thanks very much. As no always, worries. been very interesting. Mm. Hope you've enjoyed that. If you're struggling, you don't know where to start, you don't know what the wastes are, watch the video on the wastes. We've talked about imposters. I don't know if we can tag all of these, but search imposter. We've it's talked about the um, the saboteurs, sorry, the, the, you know, the one who makes you not do procrastinator sorry yeah. just couldn't get me word out there uh, we've touched on something else there I think we've talked about price and jobs in the past as well we click, have yeah click, click through you'll find a video on that as well 
Um, James is furiously scribbling away there. He doesn't have to tidy it all, James. I'm just uh, yeah, yeah. You do yeah, take personal responsibility for finding these podcasts. <laughs> um, but also, we've talked about numbers so much as well. And, and you might think, well, where the hell do I start? Start with a 15 minute killer coffee. Mm-hmm. What is it? Pop in, we'll have a natter, and we'll give you some ideas of where to start. If you just can't do it or you don't want to do it, we can. But a lot of these things you can't do with a little bit of prompting. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say. Until next week, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.